Hello and welcome to the podcast of Tech EU. I am your host Andrew Degler, and this is our first episode of the year 2021. So happy new year, everyone, and let this one be a good one for all of us. This has been the first official working week of the year, and the news flow does not seem to have slowed even a bit compared to last month. So let me walk you through a few interesting headlines first, and then I've got an interview about, you will never guess, quantum computing, with the Finnish startup IQM and its investor Maki VC. But before we dive in, a quick reminder. Remember our voicemail episode in December that featured your beautiful voices? As I said back then, I liked that experiment so much that I have decided to keep that feedback line open for as long as we like. So if you have anything to say at all, head on to tech.eu slash voicemail and leave your message. That is tech.eu forward slash voicemail and I promise to feature your comments every now and again. Now, let us get to the news. Hopin, the London-based event platform that has grown well into the unicorn valuation during the course of the pandemic, has acquired StreamYard for 250 million US dollars in cash and stock. In case you are not familiar with StreamYard, it positions itself as an online streaming studio. It allows to stream video from your camera and your guest cameras and all kinds of graphics you can add, you can share screen, you can stream directly to Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and Twitch and so on. So Hopin now says that after the acquisition, StreamYard will keep its brand and product, but it will also be integrated into the Hopin solution as the default streaming platform. According to a report by Alex Willem at TechCrunch, the combined entity will have the annual recurring revenue of some 65 million US dollars, according to the Hopin founder. This means that Hopin has basically doubled in size thanks to the deal while paying the price close to 10% of its own valuation. Next up, Delivery Hero. The company has just issued a whole lot of new shares to raise 1.2 billion euros. It said in a statement that the money will be used to take advantage of quote-unquote attractive investment opportunities. As it usually happens with raises like this, the shares were sold with a small discount, which also resulted in a 2.6% drop in Delivery Hero's share price in pre-market trade on Thursday. Overall, however, Delivery Hero seems to be doing pretty well as its shares hit an all-time high earlier this week, I think on Tuesday. Let's stay in Berlin for another fresh funding story. Mambu, which provides financial infrastructure for other players, has landed 110 million euros at a post-money valuation of 1.7 billion euros. Per a report over at TechRanch, I quote here, CEO and co-founder Eugen Danilkis said that it will be using the money to expand deeper into the 50 markets where it is already active, as well as focus more on specific regions like South America and Asia, the quote ends. So Mambu is an interesting company, which I actually hadn't even heard about before this funding round, it provides API-based services to pretty much anyone who wants to launch a banking offering. The company says it covers some 7,000 different banking products across the general categories of lending, current accounts, and deposit accounts. What is surprising, and I would suggest you read the full story on TechRanch to understand it better, is that Mambu's clients are not just fintech startups or general like non-financial players, but also big banks, for whom it makes more sense sometimes to work through a third-party party API rather than build something new from scratch. Now moving from Berlin to France, online accounting tool Penny Lane has landed 15 million euros in a Series A funding round. 
Penny Lane launched in January 2020, and just like Hopin, it seems to have been riding the pandemic wave really well. As my colleague Annie put it earlier this week, I quote, target users were simultaneously entering an economic crisis and being thrust into digital transformation. And it shows, the quote ends. In less than a year, Penny Lane has generated a revenue of over 2 million euros, hired about 30 accountants and 15 developers, and now supports more than 500 customers on a daily basis. Most of these customers are startups, SMEs and e-commerce businesses, as well as restaurant owners. What the software provides is clarity, ease, and a sense of control over business finances, Annie writes on tech.eu. The SaaS tool is evolving into a full-stack financial management service where company managers can monitor the cash coming in and out, and accountants can keep the books. Next stop in our headline journey is Denmark. Too Good To Go has just raised 31.1 million US dollars for its app that allows people to buy food that's about to expire before it actually goes to waste. The round, actually the first funding round for the company, believe it or not, was led by Bliss, that is B-L-I-S-C-E forward slash, that's a VC firm headquartered in Paris and New York. Too Good To Go operates in 15 countries at the moment, including the US, but mainly in Europe, as far as I understand. The main product is, as I just said, an app, and the app is basically a marketplace. A restaurant or a grocery store can offer food that's about to expire for a reduced price, and then the customers can come along and pick it up. Too Good To Go takes a commission on each transaction. And as of today, more than 30 million people have signed up to the platform, uh, and the product has been indeed growing nicely. However, according to TechCrunch, the startup experienced a 62% drop in revenues due to the lockdowns, which forced many restaurants and stores to close. And to round off this headline briefing, some news from the Brussels bubble. The European Commission has announced the first round of direct investment in startups from the European Innovation Council Fund. And it's not petty cash, we're talking about 178 million euros going to 42 European startups and SMEs. Unfortunately, we still don't have a full list of recipients, but I am working on it. The funding tickets of the EIC fund are between 500,000 euros and 15 million euros. In addition to this equity funding, startups also get some money in grants from another vehicle, that's the EIC accelerator pilot. Actually, okay, scratch that. It's easier to look at this the other way around if I want to explain uh, what, what's actually happening. So starting from the EIC Accelerator pilot grants themselves. Since December 2019, there were 293 startups that received grant money from this vehicle. Of those 293, 159 had been selected to also receive equity funding from the EIC fund. That's a bit uh, uh, more than a half. And of those 159, 42 have just received their money, while the rest, that's more than 100, are still going through the evaluation and due diligence process. So we are likely to see quite a few more in the coming months. And now it is time to talk about quantum computing. The interview I would like to play back today is with Jan Götz, founder of IQM, and Ilka Kivimaki of Maki VC. We talked about when quantum computers will actually become practical, how different countries approach this technology, and whether quantum computing makes sense at all from the VC point of view. So let's check this one out together. So Jan, if I can start with you, can you introduce yourself and tell me more about IQM, what it does, and how it was founded? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, I'm Jan Götz. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO of IQM. I'm a physicist by training, as all of the four founders are physicists. Um, we um, span out IQM uh, from Aalto University here in Finland, in Helsinki, 
and also from the uh, Finnish State Research Center, VTT. Um, it is a company that builds quantum computers. Um, so this technology, uh, which has great promises to disrupt um, computing and at many industries. Um, and we really built the whole machines uh, using the superconducting approach, which is one of the approaches that you can use. Um, and, and basically, we, we build the machines bottom up. So we built the processors, uh, we put this all together, and then we integrate it into um, larger um, software frameworks um, so that people can run their algorithms on the machines. Um, we are now around 80 people in the company, uh, mostly working here from Helsinki. We also have a team in Munich with about 15 people. And uh, we have, of course, a very strong plans also to grow both the headcount, but then also the business in the future. Right. And so uh, what does it mean? Uh, do you actually have a quantum computer of your own that you are using or are you building them for sale or are you doing something else just to trying to understand everything here? Yeah, so quantum computers, the technology, it's it's still in very early stages. Um, and the term quantum computer, so if people think about a computer, um, usually they think of some kind of a box where you can program something in and then you get a result out. Um, and the concept is, is the same for a quantum computer, just that the box um, at the moment still fills a small room. So these are quite big machines. Um, like in the early days with, with normal computers where we had these vacuum tubes. So this is uh, something that maybe you, you should have in mind. Um, and then also we are not yet at the stage, let's say, where we have operating systems like Windows or Mac or so, um, but you have some very streamlined programming um, interfaces. So at the moment we have a few machines um, in our own labs. Um, and actually just very recently we won a tender to deliver the first quantum computer here in Finland to VTT. So this will be a system that we actually build up then um, on, on VTT's premise. So it's really a, a delivery of a product in, in, in a sense. Right. Okay. Quantum computing. Great thing that I don't really understand at all. Where are we on the journey of uh, quantum computing? Where are we on that promise? Um, so I think where we are right now, where, for example, IQM is a, is a nice example, we are at the beginning of the commercialization. So we see now actually globally teams spinning out of universities. Um, we also see big corporates, tech corporates building um, up their own um, technology like the Googles, IBMs, or also Tencents and Huawei's um, of this world. So I think we are just at the beginning of industrialization where the technology is coming out of the research labs um, being um, commercialized. Um, and, and this is, of course, a very exciting time because the technology is now at a point where we can test first use cases on these machines. Um, the machines are not yet powerful enough to really deliver business uh, value or, or, or advantage, but they are already powerful enough to make proof of concept tests of algorithms, for example, the, um, optimization problems in, in finance, um, or some chemistry simulations. So I think we are just at this threshold and the next big milestone for the whole community is to reach something that we call quantum advantage, where these machines are actually powerful enough to really deliver a business value, so business advantage to customers. I hope you forgive me for uh, being a little bit uh, skeptical here, but it really reminds me a little bit sometimes of um, uh, the sentence of this year is going to be the year of Linux on desktop. And uh, I've heard uh, a few times that uh, uh, this is definitely going to be the era of uh, quantum computing uh, when it fulfills the promise and becomes usable for, uh, in, like for business purposes. So, okay, what has been the problem with it until now? So if you say that now is going to become happening, is to start happening, 
but like what's been problem so the problem so far why didn't start happen earlier yeah so if you if you think basically there's a problem you want to solve what you need to do is you need to translate it to an algorithm and then you need to run this algorithm on a hardware and mm -hmm. basically some people have been working bottom up on the hardware growing the processors in size and some people have been working on the algorithms trying to find efficient algorithms but there was and still is a gap between what the hardware can do and what the algorithms demand um, so there is not let's say this single problem if we solve this then everything's going to work out but it's more like a continuous process the hardware is growing the algorithms becoming more and more efficient and at some point they will meet and, and this is the point when we have quantum advantage. So the question is um, basically, how can we close the gap between um, algorithm demands and, and uh, hardware specs? And uh, what is the best or most efficient way um, to do this? Right. And once again, when do you think we will see this uh, quantum advantage happen? Uh, well, this is, of course, a tricky question because it asks <laughs> for the future. Um, so usually, um, if, you, if you ask experts, um, let's say from the scientific community, which are a little bit more moderate, they tell you something around seven, seven to five years. If you ask experts more from the startup community, they tell you three to five years. So I think the, the truth probably is going to be somewhere in between. But in this range, uh, this is what people are expecting. Right, understood. Okay, let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, the uh, funding round that you've recently raised. And uh, before we actually get to the money question, I wanted to uh, ask something uh, for my own curiosity. So on uh, in that uh, press release that you sent out, there were these nice photos of this futuristic looking hardware. So is this actually how the quantum computers look like? Uh, yeah, so actually it's not a photo, but it's still a rendering. In our lab, it still looks a little bit different, but this is kind of where we are going for. Um, so we are now in the process of engineering um, our systems so that um, in the future they look like this futuristic um, image that you see in the press release. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, But there is, no, there is no scale on that render. How big would this uh, one of these uh, things be? Yeah, so as I said in the beginning, at the moment we are in this era where these systems still fill a small room. So probably it's three by three meter um, and then also three meters high. So this, I mean, the rendering, and I think this is a nice topic also for us uh, being here, uh, uh, spin out from Alto and, and in Finland, where design and these topics actually um, are quite advanced. And, and we really tried here to go the next steps and bring the quantum computers also from a design point of view to a level where they really look like a product and not like a research machine anymore. Right. So you've just raised 39 million euros uh, for, uh, for your technology. What do you need the money for? Well, we, we use the money um, to develop the technology um, further. Um, and this uh, means, uh, most importantly, um, for our team. So quantum computing, um, it's a technology where actually there are not many experts um, on this planet who know how to build these machines and, and how to develop them. So getting the best people on board, um, this is uh, one of the, the tasks that we have. We have been very um, successful here in hiring really great talent from all over the world, from the U.S., uh, from Asia, from Australia, and of course, also from many places in Europe. And this is what we still be, be focusing on because you need to have the best people on board, the, the most clever minds. So um, this is the, the main focus. But then, of course, because we are a hardware company, um, we also um, are investing in our laboratories, into equipment and into um, some of these uh, fabrication facilities. So this is um, our uh, main effort.
Right. Okay, and now I want to turn to our third participant uh, today, Ilka. Uh, could you please uh, introduce yourself now and uh, tell quickly about uh, what uh, what it is you're doing? Yeah, hey, uh, Ilka Kivimäki. I'm a partner at the Maki Ventures. We're early stage venture co- uh, fund uh, investing into into moonshots, into very early stage companies. We have an 80 million euros uh, fund at the moment that we are in- investing headquartered in, in Finland, but I have a global mandate and, and have been doing investments into, I think, eight countries at the moment. And, uh, well, have been part of the IQM journey since the inception that, that I think that IQM and uh, the quantum computing is is one of those things that is, is, is so very big and so interesting for the, from the venture capital point of view that uh, you, you can't miss it. Great. Can you expand on that, actually? So how is it How is it a VC story? How is quantum computing good for uh, for venture investments? First of all, uh, thinking about the opportunities that uh, you could be having a new type of a computer that would, would uh, eventually replace all of the computing power, what we have today, uh, and delivering that with the uh, 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 by using a small fraction of the energy that you have. So, so kind of a, having a limitless amount of computing power available. That's that gigantic. It, it's a really big, uh, big industry. And uh, if you're uh, thinking from there, then of course, if you are investing into a company that's going to be big and one of the one of the cornerstones in that kind of industry, well, you definitely are sitting on something that's worth worth a lot. So a kind of a in that sense, really simple formula, of course, while expanding on what Jan was just saying, that uh, we're in a super early stage and thinking about the time when we were investing into IQM, it was a really, really tough decision for us because that, especially at that time, there was a very little proof points that uh, um, are the quantum computers really going to going to solve any problems. But, uh, well, now last year we saw the Google... Um, uh, experiments and the first systems that were kind of a proving uh, piece of it. And I think that there is a lot of proof points now coming that uh, the market is emerging. Of course, there is still uh, still a crazy amount of work to be done and we are uh, very early stage and uh, the, the whole market has not kind of a, uh, materialized yet. So you have the totally different approaches that there is the iron traps and then there is the photons and then uh, superconducting machines, which all come from very different corners, and uh, and then the whole software stack, or how to how to apply the everyday problems to the computers. That's kind of a not solved yet. So only question marks today. But I think that and and no clear winners uh, yet. But like looking at what IQM has been able to do in a very short time, I think that there is definitely one of, one of the winners forming there. Right. And Ilka, I, I remember about a year ago at uh, Slush uh, 2019, I met uh, your colleague Paulina uh, from Makivisi, and uh, she was talking uh, at the conference. Sorry, it wasn't Slush, it was actually Tech Chill. But, she was, uh, but anyway, she was talking about the uh, importance of marketing. Uh, for uh, deep tech startups. And uh, she also mentioned that this is one of the things that uh, uh, Maki helps out its portfolio with. So if this is if this is indeed uh, like that, uh, how do you actually market quantum computing? Uh, what's the what's the marketing strategy that you would uh, that you would talk about in this case? Yeah, well, 
uh, with a very uh, kind of a deep engineering background, of course, kind of a as a half of a joke, you could say that, okay, if, that we are always in a search of a, a product that would be so good that it sells, sells itself. And uh, with the, if there would be the uh, fully functioning quantum computer today, I think that that would be very close to it because it's uh, the benefits what it's offering to the end customers are, are so great. But uh, of course, that's, that's not the reality yet. And, and uh, even, even if it would be, you always need the marketing. And I think that you start always with the branding and uh, kind of a strong identity for the for the company so that uh, the potential customers can understand uh, that uh, who, who you are and what you are standing for uh, now and in the future when when there will be of course on every every business there will be competition and that at that point in time it's super important that you have a recognizable brand and then i think that uh, the other other thing in the very early stage also is the uh, kind of understanding your customers of course, in the quantum computing, it's a it's quite finite set of customers. What there will be in the early stage, but thinking about the governments, research institutes, uh, universities, and and then a large corporates. Many of them are very different um, different type, and uh, you have a different type of people there. So you have a lot of work to do. How to how to kind of uh, um, uh, position your message to everyone right so that you can get that right message across to, to different people in the different organizations. And also then uh, kind of a starting even from the, the product itself, that uh, uh, what is it actually that that you, you are selling and uh, fitting, fitting your story into the, or fitting the product and the story together, because it's in this kind of a uh, industry where kind of, everything is not defined yet it's super important to productize well and this is these are kind of the things that we have been working a lot and talking a lot and uh, trying to find the the right parties also the experts on different fields for iqm that uh, that we could get the kind of a well easily understood and well packaged solution together that uh, fits for the purpose Right. Jan, another question for you also about marketing, but probably about a different kind of it. Uh, you mentioned in the statement recently that uh, there is a crazy competition uh, for uh, for talent in uh, the field of quantum computing. So how do you market IQM as, as an HR brand and uh, what's the actual sort of competitive landscape for talent in the field of quantum computing, what it's like? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think here uh, we also have to con consider um, where we are actually located. So we, at the moment we have offices in, in uh, Helsinki and in Munich. And in, in this sense, there are not so many alternatives in, in Europe to, to work for a company like IQM. And of course, being um, in a sense in a standalone situation for us helps a lot. Um, of course, still you need need a good brand, and um, you you need to have an, an image out there that people want to work for you. But I think there is a, a global flow at the moment of quantum talent uh, or, or people who want to come back to Europe for uh, different kinds of reasons. And for those, actually, we give them a, a great opportunity. Um, and um, in in this sense, um, we I think have a very unique. Um, selling point being uh, one of the very few companies that offers this kind of a job where you can work on something completely new, where you, you can work in quantum technologies. Um, so far, people um, who have 
graduated from the field, usually um, they don't work in quantum afterwards because there, there were no such jobs before. People went either to, let's say, the, the standard industry fields or maybe to banks um, or these kind of things. So um, in, in this sense, um, the, the main question is how actually can we motivate people um, to uh, work for a startup um, and, and maybe not to a job which is maybe um, paid much better um, either um, elsewhere in, in the Silicon Valley or maybe in a more established industry. But um, so far, I think um, we were quite successful. So we really got great people on board. And it's really, the, I think it's the, the spirit and the story behind IQM that people like. So that, in a sense, we, we have very big dreams, but we are also very reasonable. So these experts, they know very well if you are telling them the truth or if you're maybe um, going on, on to um, the, let's say, bullshitting um, side. And, and we have been always been very honest on, on what we promise and where we go. And I think this is actually seen very positive in, in the community of quantum experts that work for us then in the end. I, th I think that actually that was one of the things that we were also very impressed in the, in the early days that... Uh, even on the on the beginning, you were able to get on board the super good talent from all over the world. So it, it was kind of a, one of the proof points for us that uh, we are definitely onto something when when the uh, key people from from different companies want to join you on the very initial stages. Right. Yeah. And just to understand, uh, so when you were talking about the community of uh, quantum computing specialists, how big is it? In Europe, let's say, how many people are there that understand quantum computing and are indeed experts in the field? What do you think? Well, it's hard to, to say a number. Um, so there are, um, of course, quite a few university groups and, and people graduate from them. Um, but the thing is then if they if they left um, to, to some other jobs, I think after a few years, um, the, the knowledge um, has already been developed so much that you cannot really count them in anymore. So we are actually looking um, at quite few people who have um, stayed in the field and then working, let's say, at postdoctoral researchers in, in some of the leading labs. And of those people, there are really few, um, I'd say, um, far less than 100 or so um, in, in Europe who, who would really work at the high level. Um, and of course, this is then um, something where, um, the, let's say, the quantum ecosystems play a big role. And, and this is something, for example, that makes Finland very strong is that we actually here, we have the universities that educate the people uh, very, very well. And then we, in a sense, we can grab them from there um, and, and we don't lose them, so to say, um, to other fields um, in industry. But it's, it's, a, it's a really scarce um, resource, the, the high level quantum experts. Right. So you mentioned uh, the project for VTT, so this uh, first Finnish quantum computer, I think, what was called uh, in the statement. Can you tell me more about the project? What is going what is going to be and what is going to be used for? Yes. So the project um, is a quantum computer um, that we um, actually develop also together, partly uh, with VTT. Um, and uh, we, we deliver in the end um, a machine to VTT, so it's going to be built up um, in VTT premises. Um, and it's a project um, that um, runs in three phases, and in each of the phases the computer will grow in size, so to say. So basically the quantum processor uh, will become more powerful. Um, so we start with a basic unit which has five of these um, logical elements that people call qubits um, that we work this and, and then this number grows to 20 in the second phase and uh, 50 um, in the third phase. 
Um, and the, the computer will be used uh, mainly for two purposes, um, which is um, for education of new talents. So this is what we just spoke about, um, kind of getting the best people educated on, on real machines. And then also for research purposes. So you can um, do or answer some fundamental questions in, in physics, for example, or other fields um, of science with this machine. So five qubit, what does it mean in like normal English, plain English? What does it mean? Uh, well, it is a system where you can um, run very basic algorithms as a, as a proof of, of concept. I think it's a great system um, for people to understand how a quantum computer works, uh, where the bottlenecks are, um, and, and what needs to be done um, to make it grow. So I, I really see it as kind of a seed for, for quantum computers, which is a necessary step, I think. It's important that we don't start making the second step before the first. So first, you have to install somewhere a machine which, which can do very basic tasks and, and can show that you can run algorithms. And then you can in, in increase the power and the size of this machine. Right. And uh, also, I think the announcement of uh, that uh, that deal uh, mentioned uh, that there was a tender that you won. And uh, since the community is pretty small, like who, who were you competing with in that tender? What do you think? Um, so, first of all, I think the good news is that there was a real competition, um, <laughs> which, which uh, I mean, this is one of the, if, if we are talking here really about emerging markets, right? And um, sure. this is something, um, if there's no competition, then it's also questionable. So I think it was great to see um, that there was a real competition um, and there was a fair process um, until the end. Actually, I'm not sure if it's public information who, who were the competitors. Um, so uh, I, I'd rather like to know, mention not any um, names. Um, but I think it was a great learning process, not only for us, but also for the community um, to see that probably now in the, in the next few years, um, the, the market for quantum computing hardware, at least, um, is going to be addressed through this tender process. And, and we have to prepare ourselves um, for this, and we have to see actually how these processes run, and we will, or we are expecting actually more, more of such tenders coming up um, quite soon. So we know that in a few countries or other places um, there are tenders in the pipeline, um, and I think this is something um, that we will see more. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward actually to, to more competition because I think only with competition we we make in the end also the products become better and and the development uh, go faster. So is it like a new trend that every European country has to have its own quantum computer now? I think we should stop thinking in this, there will be one quantum computer. I think we made this, this mistake, or not, well, like some people made this already many years ago uh, with the classical computers where they were speculating how many there will be um, in the world or in each country. Um, and um, of course, at the moment, many of these programs are national quantum programs, but actually there are also European quantum programs. But I'm actually looking forward to the point in time where we really have a real global market, a free market. But I think these are now the first signs for it, that at the moment um, we see this very localized, um, but I think um, the development will go there that hopefully in a few years we really have a global market for this and it's a free market and then we can um, go for, for tenders, I don't know, in South America or, or Africa or elsewhere. I could maybe add on that one also that I would really like to see quite fast also the uh, 
different industries to to jump on and uh, kind of start to explore that whether you are in a new materials or drug discovery or or in the in the finance algorithms that uh, you start to probe into the quantum because it's if you have a trillion times more computing power than than your competition i think that uh, you definitely will have an advantage and uh, i think that you you start to or you need to learn learn how to how to use that kind of machines and what are the new approaches i think that you are very very much late into the party if if you are just jumping in at the time when you can buy the buy the stuff off the shelf Right. Okay, thanks a lot for your take on this. And uh, Jan and Ilka, thank you so much again uh, for joining today. It's been a great conversation and uh, good luck uh, with your project. Thank you. Thank you very much. And this is a wrap for the episode 201 of Tech EU podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you are subscribed to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do go ahead and rate us and review us. This helps enormously. If you need more TechEU goodness in your life, follow our update on Twitter at tech underscore EU and or follow myself at A Degular. Audio engineering for this podcast is done by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Please feel free to email us with any questions, suggestions and opinions at podcast at tech.eu. Also, there is always our voicemail inbox at tech.eu forward slash voicemail. So head over there, speak your mind and get featured on one of our next episodes. tech.eu slash voicemail. We are always happy to hear from you. This was TechEU Podcast. I'm Andrew Degler and I will talk to you again next week. For now, take care and enjoy the weekend. Bye-bye.